A Matter of Spirit is a quarterly publication of Intercommunity Peace and Justice Center. This article appeared in summer 2021 issue on Beloved Community. Draw close and be curious, creating a community of belonging by Angel Mortel. Angel Mortel lives in Los Angeles, California. She works as a community organizer with LA Voice Pico, a multiracial, multi-faith network of over 70 congregations leveraging their collective power to create an LA County where all are included and all belong. You don't belong here. This is what the attacker yelled at an Asian American woman in Manhattan right before he violently beat her. Hearing about this incident reminded me of many times I have been told, either with words or actions, that some people do not believe I belong here as an Asian American woman myself. When I was young, I never understood it. I thought that being born and raised in the U.S. implied automatically belonging. But I realized that was not true. The real messages behind the words, you don't belong here, are, you are not accepted, you are not valued, you are not known. With the rise of anti-Asian hate, An increased number of children detained at the border and black bodies dehumanized by state-sponsored violence, it seems that as a country we are focusing more energy on identifying who does not belong than on looking for the ways in which we belong to each other. We are pushing each other away instead of drawing close and being curious. Ironically, I only discovered what it feels like to authentically belong when I left and lived outside the U.S. I learned that belonging has less to do with where you were born and more to do with how the community, the network of relationships that holds us all together, accepts you, values you, and recognizes you. You can be a stranger in another land and still feel a sense of belonging. I arrived in Brazil in 1998 to start a 16-year journey, far away from all that was familiar, friends, family, language, and culture. As a Marianol lay missioner, I went to live and work in the Jafaria periphery margins the mega city of Sao Paulo. My background was dramatically different from the Brazilians who lived on the Pefaria. As a child, I never worried about shelter or food while the children on the Pefaria lived precariously day to day. I had years of formal education and an advanced degree, while most of my neighbors had barely completed grammar school. I had traveled all over the world, and many of them had never gone far farther than a bus ride from the neighborhood. It would seem that I didn't belong in the Preferia. Today I know that was exactly where God wanted me to be. It was in that place, so uncomfortably foreign to me, that I finally discovered 
what it feels like to belong. God pushed me to the limits of my fear. If I was to survive, I needed to get close and get curious. I worked with a team of volunteer health promoters engaging families in favelas who had children at the risk of malnutrition. These very low-income families had occupied public land and precariously built their dwellings either along hillsides or over sewage canals. Since they were not legally on the land, they did not have access to services like electricity, water, sewage, and trash pickup. We accompanied families in the healthy development of their children, offering education around nutrition, safe hygiene practices, and advocacy within the public health system. Our main work was visiting families in their homes. We spent hours walking up and down the narrow alleyways of the favelas, going into parts that were well known for drug trafficking and gang activity. When we entered people's homes, I was usually nervous because I did not speak Portuguese that well. I felt incompetent because I did not think I would be able to help in any constructive way. I usually did not say much, but people always received me warmly and without judgment. Most of the criticism was in my own head. We would sit with people for hours, listening to their stories, oftentimes of deep pain and sorrow. Many of them rarely had visitors, so they were happy when we appeared in their doorway. I think I helped by simply showing up faithfully every week. I understood less than half of what people said, but I believe they were grateful that I came to be present with them, that I had not forgotten them, that I had learned their names. Thankfully, as time went on, my Portuguese got a little better, and I was able to listen deeply to learn more about people's lives and share more about my life. We drew closer to each other. In the second year of working with the team of health promoters, I still was not fully confident in Portuguese. At one of our monthly meetings, the coordinator said she wanted to step down. Immediately, another leader suggested that I assume the coordination efforts. I felt insecure and unprepared, worried that I did not have all the connections they had in the community to take on such a role, and I still felt like an outsider. Other team members jumped in and supported the idea of me being the coordinator then one person put it plainly and directly, You are one of us, and we need you. You don't speak Portuguese perfectly, but you have many gifts that we need right now. And you're not doing this alone. We're a team. So even though you're taking the lead in this way, we're all leading by supporting you. Wow! That was one of the most amazing life moments when a few affirming words made a huge difference. I heard that I belonged despite being imperfect. They valued the gifts I brought to them. I was not leading alone and the team had my back. After six years, hundreds of visits to people's homes 
and hours of getting closer and being curious, I knew people by name and they knew me by name. We had spent time working, crying, praying, playing, celebrating together, and we had bridged differences to form bonds. When I walked into the three favelas where we worked, people who would always yell out from the doorways, Oi, Angelica, tudo bem, querida? Hey, Angel, how are you, dear? All of these feelings of being accepted, despite my imperfections, valued for the gifts that I bring, and being known and knowing people by name gave me a real sense of belonging. The community opened up to receive me, and I actively, despite my fears, entered into community. I belonged to that community where they belonged to me. Together, we were transforming the health of children in the area. It sounds like a dream. Obviously, there was a lot of failure, pain, conflict, and hardship in those years as well. However, the main learning remained true. The quality of relationship matters. Belonging results from giving and receiving acceptance, value, and recognition. Also, it does not happen overnight. It takes time and intentionality. You have to be patient with awkwardness and discomfort and willing to risk being vulnerable. Fast forward to today, I work as a community organizer in Los Angeles for which my time in Brazil prepared me well. When people ask me what I do, I say that I bring people together across differences to discover their shared purpose so that together we can build a new world where everyone belongs. In organizing, we say that power is product of relationship and we define power as the ability to act. Community organizing works to build power, accompanying people in their journey to recognize their own agency and ability to act and use their collective power to transform our world. But the first step is relationship. We cannot build authentic and sustainable power without first being in relationship with each other. A basic organizing tool is the one-to-one It is an opportunity to draw close and be curious. Through conversation and deep listening, we learn each other's names, recognize each other's gifts and talents, and learn to accept each other as we are. We start on a path to discovering a shared purpose. Where are we connected? Where are we aligned? Where can we work together to transform something in our community that needs transforming? That might be a speed bump on our street, a health clinic in our neighborhood, more affordable housing in our city, or a pathway to citizenship for undocumented immigrants in our country. I would wager that if the man who attacked the Asian-American woman sat down for a one-to-one with her beforehand, he probably would not have acted as he did. If they intentionally came close and became curious about each other, took the risk to be vulnerable, and listened deeply to each other's stories, they might have started on a path of discovering a shared purpose.
God calls us to wholeness, we can move forward toward healing and transformation more powerfully when we do it together.